Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Get fired up. Oh, yeah. Performance, Performance enhancing, enhancing audio. audio. This is the State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell. been a, a, a long, a long time since we rock and rolled inside the box, but you hear the best theme song going in the in, in the world today involving podcasts with two white guys talking about boxing. It is the state of combat. My name is BC. Uh, they said he was skinhead only. They said he would never return to his hometown and get back with them crazy folks. But uh, hey, how do you like me now? You like me you know what I'm saying? Okay, BC's back. I'm ready to bang. Let's do this boxeo style. And we got finally some fights to talk about. I would have been back last week with Rafe Boogs. My apologies. That uh, tropical storm made its way up the coast. And us suburbanites here in Connecticut had some trees get knocked down. No power for four and a half days. But we back at it. And we back at it with a big time bang this week, okay? I might just do that. Uh, we're going to bang this week, and we got two great guests for you. Saturday Showtime Championship Boxing returns from the bubble, and David Benavides, your unbeaten super middleweight champion. He's going to fight Romer Angulo. He's going to be on this show first to tell you why. Uh, tell you why he, wanna kick, why he wants to kick Caleb Plant's ass, okay? He didn't mention anything about Caleb Plant's wife, but I will. But he wants to kick Caleb Plant's ace okay and uh we also have otto valine otto the big o okay oscar robertson here fresh off that tyson fury loss but he looked great he's gonna get travis kaufman this weekend in the opener of that showtime triple header but enough of that stuff here i know what you come for okay you come for the camaraderie the morning zoo style laughs and you come for my co-host i do a podcast with a detroit guy he is a New York Times bestselling author. He's plentifully employed right now. Thank you by BetYourAss.com. It is Rafe Bartholomew. U.S. bets paying salary. Oh, bet your ass you do. Boom, 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 boom. Rafe, I got a great story for you. Fathers who bet with their sons. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I can handle that kind of weighty subject matter, Brian. I, there's really only one man you could call for that. Uh, yes, Mark Kriegel. Thank you. Uh, Rafe, uh, the rumors of our demise. I don't know. Are they true? I don't know. There are people who have said, don't fall in love with a podcast that no longer puts out boxing shows. Well... Look, I understand the I, look, podcasts are a big part of our lives, not just doing them. Right. I, we've been doing podcasting since before we've been doing doping, yes. which we've been doing since the beginning. Yes. Um, but, Brian, what the hell are people supposed to podcast about right now? I know we missed last week. You had a good excuse. You had, the, the doctor, Dr. Weather gave you a, a note <laughs> 
and gave you an excused absence because you had no power. Uh, it's your fault for living in Connecticut. We we that we we've been doing electricity since the beginning here in Michigan. But it, it, what can you do other than that week that we missed? Really, do you want people talking about a sport that doesn't exist at most of the time anymore? That's fair. That is very freaking fair. I mean, I don't I don't want to uh, you know, I don't want to lead people the wrong way. I, I just find that all incredibly hypocritical. You know, I want to I want to be real, all right? I want my sources to match up and um it is what it is. People say, hey, BC, you're all about the skinheads these days. Well, look, I'm all about cash and checks, all right? And that's where the action is right now. Ray, speaking of that, because people know that the SOC always has them covered in all things fight games, I know all the box fans get so upset when they refresh their damn feed and the performance-enhancing audio is there, but it's not the one they were looking for, Rafe, okay? But I want to tell you, honestly, UFC 252 this Saturday, Daniel Cormier, Stipe Miocic, part three. I think it's one of them crossover type ones where it's like these two guys are going to bang. You know their storylines. I don't care if you hate skinheads. You kind of have to care about this fight. Do you care about this fight? I do care. You And, and you are right. It falls into the uh, – I wouldn't know if I would call it a wheelhouse, but the, um, the outhouse of mine where I keep the MMA fighters I'm aware of. And among them are both Daniel Cormier – and Stipe Miocic, uh, especially I like Cormier. I, I, I and I don't know. It's like I will check that out the same way I will check out like Habib fights and uh, what that Gaethje guy. Yes. And I'm still a huge BJ Penn mark from when he was on TV. Wow. Like, and I was in college and I'd he watch only, him on Spike. He only fights drunkenly in parking lots these days, unfortunately. Right? Or probably I don't know. If that's Can we do like BJ Penn Mayorga then? Uh, yeah, wow, that'd be fantastic. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Well, I love me some DC too as well. So I just want to remind people that not only am I hitting you with the uh, the full on preview. Which... So when you drop, not that not that there's nothing, not there's anything wrong with the yeah. your your other co-host yeah, or me, what, Luke the... Thomas. Me, when you drop us all for Daniel Cormier, are you gonna do? DCBC or BCDC because well, that's no, that, I, the name sells itself. He already has a show with that Ariel fella on ESPN. All right, I ain't crossing swords with that guy. Okay, I got Sugar Rashad Evans. The uh, what are they all? Because they're all Black Hall of Famers. They look alike to you, Rafe. No, no, I just mean that you should do that. The name would be great. B say D say. Yeah, that's an awesome name. Right. I, I kind of like sells that. itself. You are the lamest, biggest pussy I have ever met in my entire life. Wow. So, Wow, D.C. Wow, that was a little little out of line there. Well, speaking of D.C., we got him this week. SOC bonus MMA pod, and it's a good one. You're going to want to check that out. Full preview, of course, on the Tuesday edition with Sugar Rashad Evans. And if you're listening to this, you're like, look, I'm a boxing fan. That don't work for me, all right? I can be fat. I could not have a six-pack. But my dick works. My dick works. At least you got that going for you. All right, all right, all right. Look, Rafe, one day it's going to happen, right? Skinheads are going to take all of us box folks out of jobs. All right, it is. I'm sorry. They got a good formula over there. They got control under that hood. That's right. Good formula. Don't pay your fighters. Uh, you know, just just do it. Yeah, it makes sense. It works. It works. That actually is true. A a large reason why they're so successful is because the fighters don't have you know the same rights and control. I mean, look the the when when Bob, when Bob Arum and Don King were at their peak of Maybe fleece. I know people don't want to hear that. Evan Corn does not want to hear me say that. But when, you know, because Don King has a much darker reputation for doing that. But when those guys were at their absolute peak of taking large percentages from their fighters, Rafe, 
Do you remember that? 70s, 80s? The best always face the damn best, right? The more, the, the better rights and control you give fighters, which they deserve, the less awesome things get. It's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? It, like, I don't know. Is that really true, Brian? Is that, I don't, I, I wasn't alive in the 70s. I was, uh, you know, I'm born in 1982 and I haven't gone back and done the hardcore Greb historian well, level let me, let me of put it knowledge as simple on, as possible. on boxing in the 70s so, and 80s to say that, that I, of course I know the big fights, but I would like the, everyone knows the big fights because the big fights eventually get made. I can't tell you the backstory of all the things that may have happened along the way and, and how fights could have gotten delayed in those days, how, what the fights that, the, that could have happened and didn't all those kind of things that I could tell you from like in the last 10, 15 years, like it's the back of my hand. Well, let me, I let just, me, that, that, I might not, like, I think maybe boxing always had problems. Well, look, you're always going to have the ability in boxing. If a fighter just doesn't want to fight a guy, you're just not going to fight him. Or if you want to wait him out or whatever, I'm not saying it was, that was fixed, but I'm saying the whole stupid, this promoter won't deal with this promoter unless we're making Mayweather-Pacquiao money. And this promoter has the exclusive deal, so we can't make this fight. That didn't go on back then, Rafe, okay? We didn't have that BS. We got the damn fights, okay? We had closed-circuit television. Yes. We had Burt Sugar. We had the true legends. And Nigel Collins was a true hound dog in those days, let me tell you. But an absolute class editor. Yes, we, he used to flip cheeseburgers. It was fantastic. You know what else we had? We had an orgy that lasted days. Screwed so many women like a tough, tough gang member. Yes, it was hot. Yes, it was. It was heavy. You're feeling it. Let's have, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> let, 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 let's 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 put some class and dignity into this podcast it you need to call it that yeah yeah okay okay all right uh my whole point on that was we got a good ufc fight this weekend and if you care about more check out that other pod that you normally skip over the other one and yes ufc is gonna drive us all out of jobs one day but hey uh luke i called you yeah, i called you luke i'm already repl- i already replaced you sorry rafe you're out okay you're out it's over we had a good run okay we we had a good run I, I am proud to have been a part of it thank you thank you i'm glad we can reunite today i see what you're doing at the hot dog stand uh personal life um you all you all good up there and day trois everything everything yeah. going your way no complaints every everyone is uh healthy knock on wood and we we everybody got to eat baby and that's what we're doing that is great if i had the opportunity rafe i would love to spoil you I love that part. All right. <laughs> where, where is this going? Where I think it's going, Brian? Where is it going? I don't know. I think it's going. I, 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 it just seems like if you're playing AB music, you might segue into, and it's probably not going there, and this is going to sound stupid, segue into the burgeoning music career, the recent uh, radio performance of Michael Pacquiao. Rapping on the radio. Have, I don't know Go. anything about that. So here's what I was going to bring we, up. We I got was, tagged on it like 75 times. No, we didn't. You're too big to read your Twitter now, man. I didn't get tagged on any of that crap. You got to see. They, people care about you a lot more than me. I'm a sellout. I don't have my heart, my hardcore card anymore. Okay? I gave that away. All right? Oh, uh, I don't know. what. How old is my Prince Michael? How old is he? 
I don't know. He's probably like 16, 17. Does he have a gross mustache? Tell me he does. He probably does, right? <laughs> oh, he's had that since he's been like nine. I mean, he's, he, uh, yeah, he, he, he looked like daddy. Um, and, um, we're good friends. Your upper lip looks like your daddy. Let's get it on. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll send it to you then. I, I, I need to watch it again. I'd already heard a little bit of his, uh, his rap. It's, um, I, I, it's not very good. It's not embarrassing. It's probably better than Manny's singing. Although Manny's singing has a certain, has a real charm to it yes. that, that just late, like sort of, um, degrade, you know, overproduced rap does not, but Hey, um, he's young and he's got a lot of room for improvement. Who will I'm, sell? I'm, I'm buying stock. Okay, I don't know if the idea of selling records is still a thing. So who will get more iTunes downloads? Because let's keep this rivalry going. Prince Michael Pacquiao or Money Yaya? Money Yaya. I'm sorry. Money Yaya. Money Day Tank Day. Money Yaya Mayweather. <laughs> um, you were struggling with that name, Brian. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean that was like harder than like most Thai got Thailand guys names for you. Um it was <laughs> I have a Mayweather girl. Uh she is a rapping. Yeah. Um I would go with the I'm putting my money on 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 money because yes. Mayweather yes. is bigger. The American audience is there. Yes. I, I, it just seems like a better bet. Good good bet right there. Closer well. closer to real rappers who can kind of put put her on and give her a little bit of boost, some clout, stuff like that. Well, to be honest, I wasn't tagged in anything. The only thing I know, unless I blocked all these people that tagged me, which I'm not a big blocker, right? Get you, go get you some only, blockers. Only a big C blocker. Yes, indeed. Indeed, right there. Um, I do have sound for that. Thank you. There's going to be a lot of cock blocking tactics coming on here. Yeah. Cock blocking is going to be tactical cock blocking is going to be the name of this game. It's going to be a proper fight. Uh, Rafe, uh, the only You're reason I... You're a hatch I... cock blocker. <laughs> You're an American Yankee rooster cock. Uh, the only thing I knew about that was a double DM slide. Look, it's time to get real here. This fella, controversial... I, 20... I, I would slide into those double Ds. <laughs> if we can get into that bar on uh, Total Recall, I'd slide into all three of those, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Rafe, this guy... Uh... <laughs> Come on, alien boobs are a big part of your 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 uh yeah. Uh this guy B sample bloke controversial 2019 listener of the year. Rafe, he knows us. You've said it before and you're right. He knows us way too well. I don't think he's British anymore, all right? I don't think he's Russian or in a hurry. I think he's one of us. I think we know him. Who is this man who keeps changing his handle yet speaks our language? He speaks so well. He speaks our language so damn well. The DMs are coming from inside the house, Brian. I don't know who it is. <laughs> he knows what I did last summer, all right? You know what I'm saying? You ever watch those it's movies? Not, with it's, not, it's not James Fagg, right? It can't be Fagg. I mean, he quit Twitter. Could he really walk away that easily? The only thing is it's not bag-level humor. Bag-level humor is juvenile and repetitive, right? It's like the same four jokes over and over. B-Sample Bloke has, like... His color palette is all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it is an enduring mystery. All right, all right. So we, uh, you know what I'm gonna do? 
I, I got friends in, in central intelligence. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig up some some dirt here. All right, we gotta I find gotta out. Tell you what's going on under that Denver airport. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Are you gonna speak to Q about this? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get to the bottom of it. All right. All right. Because you know we, we're friends with him now, but he knows too much. So who is he? Who actually is he? You know what I'm saying? He's trying to infiltrate and take us out. Huh? Yep. I, I get a little frustrated. Boy, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, I don't know where I'm going right now. All I know is we have two interviews on the show today. One's already happened. One hasn't yet. So that's all I know. Okay. All right. From It's a, it's a, it's an open book at this point. Why I've listened t- to them both and they're both excellent, Brian. <laughs> Why don't we, uh, first, oh, first I wanted to shout out uh, the regular people, the people that still keep this show going barely. Okay. I want to shout out the Irish crew, the ADK crew, the Godinez crew. The Alex Godinez, he's alive and well, by the way. I don't know if he likes us anymore, but a great man, Alex Godinez. Maybe because we called him Godinez for a few weeks, right? How um, Anglo is that? We, we're not going to, I'm not even going to go down this rabbit hole with you. It's, it's, it, 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 you're doing a great job. All right. Well, Alex, you know. Folks, that's the kind of guy you want marrying your daughter. Yep. He'd hit that. Believe that. Uh, shout out to, uh, I don't know, all different parts of this country. you have any specific locations you want to shout out? Uh, sure. I'll shout out, you know, New York City, as always. Shout baby. out to Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, shout out to Barbecue Bob and the uh, the old heads down there. At, at Carmine, uh, baby. Carmine heads. Yes. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out to uh, the Ringer Union. No? I, I'm not. A, what is what are you even talking about? I don't even I'm not even familiar with any of that stuff. Uh, shout out to Eric Raskin and, and Kiernan Mulvaney on the uh, show, the Showtime Boxing Podcast. I'm a, I'm a listener of that. When I walk the dogs in the morning through the cemetery, I get me some Raskin Mulv. Absolutely. I get I look, shout out. Uh, shout shout out forever to Eric Raskin, who, uh, you know, my who I report to directly at at, at uh, usbets.com. Yes, yes. Shout out to uh, Johnny Sig and the, and the fellows over there at uh, Leave It in the Ring. Okay, guys, why don't you just leave it in the ring? All right? Thank you. Uh, big fan of that guy. One day. One day we'll party with that bloke, all right? Leave it in your pants, network. Yes, yes Johnny Sig. Love that man. Big time love for that guy. Uh, so, Kurt Emhoff as well. You know, we, we you know all those folks. All, like, those folks are the cool guys of the sport, right? Sure, I think so. Are there cool guys in the sport? I think the fighters are the cool guys of boxing. Okay, okay. Some of them, some of them, though. All right, some of them hate me. Some of them send me to hell in my own show. All right, uh, those are the coolest ones. Who's yes. the? I, is is? I I do love Keith Thurman, but he might present as maybe the least cool. Like he he presents like someone who played a lot of D and D growing up and. <laughs> And got into boxing because he was short and athletic and wanted to, like, protect himself Keith, and his magic cards. Yeah, meet me on the D and the D, on the low. The first day, I might have had a little too much to drink when I met her. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, shout out to um, um, Bernardo Asuna. I, I think he might be still be in the bubble. Shout out to him. Um, yeah. Uh, Evan Korn, it's his birthday today. Will, will you re Will you refollow Ek on his birthday? No, but I will send him a very nice birthday wish. Have you guys talked offline since you sent him to Hades, brother? Uh, no, I I did mean to send a note and I have not, but I will now. All right. Well, shout out to to you, good friends. I do love your daddy. Shout out to the other extended members of your family. We need you to do this. If not for yourself, then for your abuela. Do it for your granddaddy. Do it for your big mama. Do it for your pop pop. 
Okay, thank you, thank you. Shout out to uh to uh. All right, shout shout out to me. All right, whatever. Okay. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna hear a word from our friends and sponsors. Somebody's probably gonna get in your ear and tell you to download some golf pot. I'm sure it's great. But we're gonna be back after that in two minutes in two seconds. Yeah. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, and we're back. BC Rafe Boogs, the most off-the-rails pod in the station and all things box later today. David Benavita is stopping by and also Otto Valin. Uh Rafa, tell me this, though. Tell me this. Benavita's got a tough test with Romer Angulo on Saturday. How, like, jazzed? Like, when I talk about potential fights I could make in this sport that would tickle your thunder hole. Okay, I'm talking about Spence Crawford. All right. I'm talking about talking about right now. When I say words like Benavidez plant, what does that potential jam do to you? Um, well, Brian, if only you could feel my thunder hole right now, because it is a quaking. Uh, no, I mean, I think it's a great fight. I, it's neither fighter has such a high profile yet and obviously we know them well we are the boxing hardcore but they they it doesn't have that huge fight feeling like uh like many potential canelo fights like uh like some of these lomachenko fights that could happen hopefully this teofimo lopez fight happens please for, for goodness sake um you know it's it's i, I don't quite put it on that a plus hitting on all cylinders level but uh in terms of it just being a a really interesting clash of styles between guys who look like they are right at the top of their division uh hell yes it's it, it it is an awesome fight and we we've been over this before there is a little bit of history there right i mean Caleb Plant had a little run in in Vegas with the Benavidez crew with Jose Benavidez and they were they they got into some they were talking some heated words. Let me tell you one uh, thing about the Benavidez family before you go any further. They're real. The way right. they talk, the way Yeah, they, thank you. you know? I'm glad you went. That's the first thing I thought and, of. And uh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, I could remember being in some really dark gross bars drinking 25 cent Budweiser's when that song was playing. You know what I'm saying? The only way to enjoy Ja Rule. Yes, absolutely. But you made a great point in there when you're like, what the hell's wrong with this world? Make Teo Loma happen. Did I read that Loma's willing to give 
800 grand of his purse to make sure that grandpa can pay Teo? Look, grandpa, I don't know your financials, but freaking make the fight. Stop this cruel game and allow the boy to keep one shred of dignity. For God's sakes, I can't stand to see him in all this pain. You vicious bastard. Pay that man his money, Rafe. Um... Yeah, look, I hope they make it work. I heard that about $800,000 as well, and it doesn't sound quite right to me. Because, I mean, look, if he does it and, and it gets the fight made, thank you very much for that generosity. That seems like an awful lot to give up without having some kind of guarantee that it's coming back to you in one form or another, uh, which very well may be the case, right? Uh, maybe that, maybe they can. You know, maybe maybe uh, manager Agus Klimas was able to uh, set up, you know, some kind of extra deal, like another, an extra an extra fight, some some something down the line that he could that uh, Lomachenko could be made whole after the fact to make this fight oh, happen sooner. And, and that's that's what I want to hear. That's great, because like he is. You see, Lomachenko at the beginning was, I think. And we saw this uh, dismissive, perhaps overly dismissive of Teofimo Lopez. Is some young kid talks a lot of trash. I have a fight. athletic, exciting. Uh, but, a... I have a fight with a Guatemalan guy. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and now he's he, he's going for it. You know, whether he he wants that, it, it's been built up. Lopez has has proven his his worth in in a great win over you know Richard Kami and. This is a, a big legacy fight for for Lomachenko now, and it's good to see him. Even if even if there, the eight hundred thousand story is not one hundred percent true, or there's some kind of caveat there, just to be putting it out there to put more pressure to make this fight happen is good. Yes, please make it's hot. It is good. Make it look it, outside of Wilder Fury three, which has you know just a crossover level to it. Uh, this is the best fight you can make in the sport. This year, it is. I mean, look. Uh, Did you see Errol Big Spence... Bank Frank Warren on boxing scene? No. Saying, and of course this no. is BS, but it still, it did tickle my thunder hole, something, something fierce. And he was saying, Tyson doesn't want to wait until early 2021 for the, re- for the rematch with Deontay Wilder. He wants to fight now, and he wants AJ this year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, we're not talking enough about what this long break can do for for Shaq's favorite fighter. And uh, hopefully the winner will get to face my favorite fighter, Delonte Wilder. Delonte Wilder has done exactly what I would want him to do, Rafe. Not do anything public. Keep it all under wraps, under the wire. This quarantine has given him, like, another six months to kind of figure stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Wilder. Wilder. A guy who really can't fight. Maybe he can fight now. Like, we're not talking about what this means, Rafe. We don't know what it means. I mean, and no one knows what it means. It's provocative, Brian. But, uh, what? It, yeah, I think, look, the, the, the more time certainly benefits Wilder, just in terms of getting his body right. He had a surgery right after the fight. It would have it would have been really interesting to see if he could have what what he would have looked like fight turning around and trying to fight in July with a fairly freshly 
repaired, sur- you know, surgically repaired shoulder. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully, yeah. In addition to being healthy, he is also doing something to ta- give himself a better ta- tactical chance against. Tyson Fury, whatever that means. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden come out and be a better boxer overall, you know, than than Tyson Fury. But to say that he can't improve and those improvements can't give can't, you know, give put him in position to land the one or two punches he will need to pull out a victory because that's really all it need all it requires. Yeah, that's true. I hope it's happening. The only the only here's the thing. Nothing. I agree. Hearing nothing is more positive than hearing bad things. But yes. would you rather also be hearing good things? What, like, like if he had, if he was working with uh, some respected trainer who you think he would get a lot out of, a Barry Hunter or or Kevin Cunningham or whatever, um, would or Virgil Hunter? I don't know if Virgil Hunter is going to work well for for Deontay Wilder. You're going to have him trying to like fight defensively. Um, but um, in any case, would would you like? to hear news like that or do you think just you know no real news. bad boys move in silence well, no news is good news i'm hoping that they look you're not going to teach him uh real boxing skills but how about how to fight on the inside this could be a totally different fight if he comes out and just can do anything above remedial outside like look he can he can jab against anybody not named fury at a good level and obviously he can throw wild hard punches or calculated counter punches against anybody. He does against Luis Ortiz, the third best heavyweight in the world, okay? But he's got to be able to do more against a guy like Fury who can play all the notes. This time is only going to help him and it's pumping me up. I'm masturbating seven times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pumping me up maybe, a lot. Maybe okay? that's what maybe that's what Delonte Wilder has been doing throughout throughout quarantine. To, to just up that testosterone. Well, Dwyer did say it is about the sauce, right? Right. Go to my favorites folder right now. A guy named The Sauce. You know what I'm saying? Has commentary on it. You know what else Dwyer thinks about, you know, Canelo's in future? Canelo has an excellent shot on Deontay Wilder. How did he, how was he able to live with that take? I mean, how did that ever happen? <laughs> Look, he's just he 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 believes in the boxer in almost every fight. Who if, if whoever looks like the better boxer is always going to win. All right, all right. Well, look, the whole point of me uh, bringing up the Loma thing was to say uh, Spence, Danny Garcia. This is Danny's night. Is going to be a you know it's a big night at the fights, pay per view worthy, all that. Uh, Wilder Fury three probably going to end up being the biggest fight of the year, or maybe two was bigger in terms of our expectations, right? Three, there's gonna probably going to be a little bit less because of the one-sided nature of the rematch. But Loma Teo is the best fight of the year. Yeah, on paper, for sure. So let's make uh, it already, okay? Let's make it. I mean, both Charlo bros, by the way, them some good-ass fights, too. Not on yeah, that level, I, but, you know. The Derevinchenko fight is really growing on me. Yes, it's good. Yeah, very large on me. I, absolutely. I know that that makes some people, you know, feel awkward, right? Right. I know the subject matter is gross. Talking about it here online makes me queasy. But it matters. It does matter. It does matter. Okay? It does. I know what you, you know? I got, a, I got out of the hot tub I don't, I don't, you. I don't know what you are talking about. This, <laughs> I got out of the hot tub. This does not exist. Yeah, yeah. All right? All right? Okay. Yeah. Right? Did what's your name to get at you yesterday? These oh, nuts. Stop that. Stop that. All right. Uh, elsewhere in the box game, you see uh, F.A. Ajagba leaving Shelly Finkel, leaving Pei Bay Say. In going to top rank, now this is a smart move. It's leaving Richie Swiss. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, let me say for something. Uh, yeah, uh, 
this is interesting, Rafe. Did he? Do you? Does he bring Heyman with him? Is this like a Danny Jacobs type move? Oh, I don't think so. No, especially I mean, his his manager is you know James Prince down in Houston. Now. And I don't think fighters can have Al and and Mister Prince, right? It's possible. I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who is on bull. You know, who 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 is works with both of them. But I mean, this is a power move. Is it a quicker way to a title shot? I don't know. It's a power move, though. I don't know. I don't know either. It seemed like PBC had done a very good job building up Ajagba, getting him, putting him on TV, building his profile, uh, you know, bringing him along slowly enough. Obviously, that Kiladze fight where he he got knocked down pretty hard while trying to finish him was a little bit of a a, a wake up call. And you know, with Ajagba. The, the jury is very much still out, right? He's got good power, great size, clearly uh, an athletic guy uh, and a, you know, incredible physique, but he looks stiff in the ring. His, his reflexes don't look, you know, he looks like a, like a big stiff heavy, heavyweight, like a modern stiff heavyweight and a, and a decent one at that. But we don't know exactly how far that train is going to go. But I thought PPC did a good job, made him, uh, he was, he was uh, on a lot. He was on TV a lot. He was just one of those guys who, who kind of grew his, his profile there. Uh, my guess is it just was, um, you know, a different, he, he wanted to switch up, switch up managers and promoters. He heard, you know, somebody got in his ear and, and he made a decision. I think he could, he had good routes to follow with both, PBC and top rank. So I, I don't do you does it feel like top rank has so much more to offer? Yes, Tyson Fury is there and they have that that B level, they have a they have a deeper B level bench of, you know, Oscar Rivas's and uh and uh you know Beavis and Buttheads and uh <laughs> and uh who and am I thinking? Guy, oh, the, Carlos Takam. Yeah, and the guy, guy who touched that chick too, right? What right? chick? The guy who who kissed the the, the Jenny. Oh yeah, Kubrat Pulev, the, yes. the Bulgarian bul, bul, the Bulgarian from Bulgaria. Yeah, he gets a little handsy. He gets a little handsy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, we but did... I don't. I mean, what do you think? Is it is it better? Is it better move? I I don't know. Everybody always thinks it's always greener, right? You know. It's there for you. If you are good enough, we will take you to the promised land. <laughs> Here's what's interesting. Me? Not you. You're shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Eddie. Uh, I like. I love me some James Prince. Is he is he back? Because you know, he's never left boxing. He seems like is he, he is. Back? Yeah, it seems like he is. He's definitely making some kind of move. He's just involved in more big moves right now uh, than than you know than in recent years when it was like, well, he's mostly working with Andre Ward and a couple of other fighters. Shakur, but now you know, of course, Stevenson. He's becoming ESPN centric. Is my point. And I wonder if, because look, Al changed the game, right, in so many ways. But Al changed the game, most importantly, by, you know, skirting the Muhammad Ali Act and and taking away the power of the promoter and making them the middleman, making them like, you know, you do a service for us and being able to, to control an organization like a promoter, but really be a manager. I wonder if, because Bob Arum seems so willing, right? He was so willing to work with Kinahan and vouch for him. He seems so willing to work with James Prince. I wonder if James Prince is mounting up his own Al Heyman-like 
takeover wow. on that side wow. of the street. Why are we why are we going there with the Kinahan uh comparison? Yikes. I know I mean James I think Prince if you is say a, is a music is a is a well known music executive. I think if uh, you say James Prince's name four times on a podcast anyway they come looking for you. But uh I'm just saying if he mounts up and we haven't we have a uh, you know Uncle Al versus Mr. Prince like sort of showdown to create a national and American league it'd be interesting. Yeah, it's it's like, and they both bring out their music acts from the eighties and nineties, the Ghetto Boys against whoever Al was working with, some pop act, she, some pop R and B. Yeah, yeah, she thinks I want a long one, but I only want a quickie, quickie, quickie. Great album, right? We can't be stopped, I, Ghetto Boys. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, it was, I, I had to catch on to it a little late because I'm, I'm a bit younger. But yeah, That's and then I became people, a huge Scarface fan forever. Bushwick Bill taught me more about the birds and the bees through the song "The Other Level" than anything else in my life through middle school. So that was. That I was mean, great. you know, I I always wanted to be uh, my my sex ed teacher yes. to be you know a, a Bushwick Bill Good. type guy. I'd love to meet him, right? He, he's he's had a very uh, interesting life for sure. He, he he's a small man, like Evan Corn, right? Oh, I. I Corn ain't small, man. I've seen it. He's, he's, he's big. He's big. Uh, I, I think Corn's a ginger, and I think you are, Rafe. I saw some. I saw you on some podcast the other day. You looked very ginge. Not that that's an insult. That is an insult. Okay. And um, I don't like ginger, but <laughs> <laughs> it just because of my beard, man. My beard comes in red. The rest is not that red. I do like ginger. I do. I love ginger. And ain't nothing wrong with that, right? Nope. Right. Mm-hmm. What you like? I like money. I know that's right. <laughs> Jeff Mayweather, underrated comedian in this game, by the way. All right, underrated member of the Mayweather clan too. Definitely. I mean, he, he, he talk about someone who has uh, put himself on my radar through great YouTube content. Yes. Jeff Mayweather is at the top of that. Jeff Mayweather and Richard Dwyer are like one A and one B. Uh, Rafe, we tend to shout out the same people we really like on the show. Sometimes I forget to shout out some other folks. Can I hit you with a shout out to the Farhead? Steve Harhood, one of the best damn people in this game. Great guy to work with at Showtime and just a salt of the earth. Absolutely. I don't think, you know, the Farheads always appreciate a shout out to uh, our, 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 our Lord and King. Do you have any other blind random shout outs? Lupe Contreras, announcer for a ring announcer for Top Rank. Great guy. Great. Solid dude. No Hilarious. Kidding. Salt and pepper hair. Hilarious. That guy. Okay. A Texas guy. Handsome. Yeah. Handsome man. Handsome man. Ha- very handsome man. You have anyone else you like? You want to say something nice about or That's it. That's it. Kevin. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need fan. to say anything nice about anybody. Okay. Wow. Angry Rafe is back. Uh, let's transition into the uh, PBC on Fox lineup announcement. We know we're getting the, the pretty damn good Errol Spence, Danny Swift Garcia pay-per-view in November. But Rafe, they came out with another mix of PBC on Fox fights for the year. And let's be honest, from the launch in early 20 or I'm sorry, December of 2018, when it was Charlo on Charlo in that double header, uh, the quality's gone down. And here's where we're at this year, you know? Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Sometimes maybe, Rafe. Uh Showtime Sean Porter, August 22nd. We'll take on unbeaten Sebastian Formella. Um, Rafe, you've taken my hardcore card before, but... Against who? Against who? Against who? Against who? 
Who the hell's that? Who who I are they on YouTube? I'm not on YouTube. Who the hell's that? Yeah, this is this is not a this is not a hardcore crime to not be up on Sebastian Formella. This is just not not paying attention to you know domestic level European fighters who who aren't going to be you know much of a challenge for Sean Porter. So no, you get to hold on to your hardcore card. Um, so it's, it's he, so Sean you know, doesn't have to prepare. What can you do? Yeah, Sean does not have to prepare his whores for the for the war and get his ultimate sack ready. It won't it won't be. Look, I get it. it. Look from from one standpoint, Rafe, the quarantine just happened. Guys been out. You know, a lot of these guys are going to be out for over a year. It's not that I'm against a fight like this. I'm against it for PBC on Fox main event under the expectations that we've been given on as fans. Plus, hey, look, if you're going to put boxing on national television i'm like one of the three big old school primetime networks or four big ones or whatever um you know you kind of want it for the sport to be really good all right now look i work showtime is the label that pays me if this means that in 2020 and 2021 they get the better more competitive fights i love that okay but i also love boxing in general and uh this ain't this ain't good i mean in the co-main event we do get your towering inferno inferno Inferno, Sebastian Fundora, and actually a really damn good fight against Nathaniel how? Gallimore. I like how? that. Ooh, that is a really good fight. Wow. And then, and then I, don't Spence. If, I don't know if Fundora is going to win that one. No, either Gallimore's do I. Gallimore is a real guy. He comes to bang. Um, and then we got Joey Spence in the opener. But that card. Oh, uh, another Joey Spencer opener. My God. Well, shout out. He's from Michigan. So I, I got to be in. A, I got to ride the Spencer train for now. Yes. Uh, a week later, August 29th, we're getting Arislandi Lara defending his WBA title against Greg Vendetti. What, 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 why, why did they raid Italy for all of the all of the so-so <laughs> domestic guys that they can find there anyone with a a pumped up record against lenny bowtie shut up i'm talking shut up up, well he's not talking anymore unfortunately rafe you know yeah all right uh that's a good co-main though or at least i like it tell me if i'm allowed to like this in an ibf title eliminator friend of the program friend of boxing twitter caleb truax by the way, very very hot lady in his life, uh, and and mother of his children against Alfredo Angulo, not the one that roams. This is the the bearded one. <laughs> That's a fun fight. I, it's kind of depressing because <laughs> we love both of those guys. They are both a little shop worn, uh, but I don't think Caleb Truex is shop worn. I think he's just sort of like leveled out at at what he can do, right? He didn't he have a war recently? He I wouldn't no, he had the aborted fight with Kid Chocolate that only went one round. Something before then, anyway. Um look, I, I, yeah, I, like I guess me some they've Caleb been around Truex. a while. Um definitely shop worn in the uh uh you know <laughs> in in the Alfredo Angulo case. But look, yeah, I, it, it should be a fun fight. He's thirty six now, our friend Caleb Truex. Uh have you sampled his sauce yet? I I still have not found his uh, his craft beer from uh, from Loop uh, Lupulin Brewing in Minnesota it has a standing eight count beer. So shout out to anyone that's out that phase. Who's our our brethren from Minnesota that we hang out with a lot in Vegas? Sled um, skills, baby. But, but sled skills, yes, that's my guy. Also, right there. also boxing Twitter Hall of Famer Dick Hercules is from Minnesota. Yes, and then that dude uh, that we hung out with at that uh, Canelo Cotto party. He's from Iowa. Tim, right? I'm. I remember sled skills from the, that. This is a white guy. The white guy. Oh, oh, unlike all the other white guys we <laughs> hang out with in boxing media. All right, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, I don't know this fight you're talking about. Oh, are you talking about Caleb Truex in January of this year 
in Minneapolis, getting a majority decision win over some guy with a long name? Is that the fight? Maybe you're talking about? I don't even know anymore. I, I I turn in my Caleb Truax card. Okay, okay. Uh, let me get your reaction to uh, once this what, Wi-Fi. My uh, my, my Wi-Fi is dead. It's nice. Uh, September sixth, your Dennis Ugas, who uh, again, I thought he beat Sean Porter. I'm not convinced this guy's not a top five, four, five welterweight. He's gonna despite his four defeats. He's got, don't give me that face. Don't give it to me, okay? He beat Jamal James, all right, brother? Uh, he's going to. He just gave me the Bismarcky. Don't give me that. Yeah. Don't um, give me that. I mean, look, Ugas, just a friend. He's going to take on Abel Ramos. Your Dennis, ooh. Abel. Uh, he got what I need. Here's why yes. I'm going to shout out Ugas. I hosted uh, a great, a great show, PBC Face Off to Face. With Kate. I hosted that one time with him. Uh, and every time he sees me, he shouts me out across like the casino, even though he doesn't speak English. I love that man, by the way. Great dresser. Great man. Uh, there's going to be a WBA vacant regular. Well, I mean, oh, sure. I mean, come on. So, Rafe, is the, the new oh, thing in boxing he now? He's fighting Abel Ramos. Oh, that guy. These are Fox main events. I don't know what the story is there, Brian. Look, it might be the sort of delicate dance that um, that PBC does uh, with both Showtime and Fox, and sort of serving two different uh, clients for for their their TV, for you know, to put boxing on TV. And one year, PBC gets the the better stuff. Uh, it's PBC. PBC always gets the good stuff. But one year Fox gets the better stuff, and the next year Showtime gets the better stuff. You, I mean, you know, it's not as if uh, Al Heyman and PBC are just man, you know, telling, calling up Fox and being like, "All right, Chump, here's what you get. It's gonna be Sean Porter versus an Italian jobber. It's gonna be uh, the next Lara against an Italian jobber." And then we're gonna have yeah you know, no it's not they they, they there there is some collaboration the networks are okaying this um, maybe they don't know what they're getting I mean that's possible at Fox which doesn't have the boxing institutional knowledge of a uh, of Showtime but I think it's more that Fox was especially for these fights right here. Fox might have been thinking, all right, we don't really know how much we need this right now. We don't know how much money we want to spend on this right now. So let's let's take some of the lesser events and Showtime, which is being aggressive and wants to spend the money because they have their budget and they're they want you know they they want to give their subscribers who care about boxing a reason to stick around after a pretty craptastic 2019. Uh, then, then do it that way. Maybe, just, or maybe it's just as simple as like one for you, one for them. One for you, one for them. 2019, Showtime got to eat the crap. 2020, Fox, now you eat the doo doo. <laughs> Al Heyman, a goat. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I don't know who Abel Ramos is. Why is every fight now? We've seen this on, on all channels. Every fight now is for an interim title, which essentially is the equivalent now of a interim title. Used to be when. Uh, what when when somebody was injured, right, and couldn't fight or something like that? Now it's just a number one contender or a number two contender fight is an interim title fight. We just saw that on on uh, every broadcast lately. Why? Why? 
What are you going to do, Brian? It's, it's, this, this is boxing. And why? Because the TV channels want to say, call it a world championship fight the, uh, or a world championship main event. And the sanctioning bodies want money. So they're like, yeah, we'll throw it. We'll slap a belt on that. What do you want? The, the diamond you know the diamond yeah, and silk belt the, the difference is no, when, it, when it's the Mayan, i do not want the wbc diamond and silk here's belt, the difference by the though way. rafe that's all bullshit and it's part of the game but there's a difference between the freaking feaker box title and the mayan title and the interim wba vacant like to me like when you see that you're like oh is this a is this a real a real fake title or a fake 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 title like it's just like, come on man this is not cool this is not what the public and the market audience want to see when can Eddie take over the whole sport, please? Oh, you know, you say that, but you—I don't know if you really want that. I Eddie want is it. slick. He's fun. He's a great, charismatic person for the sport. I want but it. You want it? Yeah, I want it. All right, all right. Can well, you provide you know, it? I, you, you know? Then, then you might have to move to the UK. You might have to become a, a real bloke. Seriously, why are those UK people die hard? fans of the sport and go to like the freaking Geordie Shore and pack the building for these tattooed white guys. Because they don't have awesome sports like basketball there. Yeah, they got the freaking soccer. They love the crap yeah, out of that crap. Ha- that's it. It's a, it's, it's a, that, that's the only team sport it's, that boxing competes with. Dude, it's because Eddie does it right. Tell no, me it's because of the it's because of the 2012 London Olympics and the pipeline of talent that they helped develop. Okay, I'm not saying that Eddie birthed into, it. That, that increased awareness and care for the sport, and then Eddie was able to come in and 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 capitalize it and do a great job promoting the sport and making it feel like big events there. And honestly, it's because of Carl Frotch, right. who, if it wasn't for Carl Frotch working with Eddie Hearn, the great Eddie Hearn, yes, yes, to pack Wembley Stadium with 80,000 people. And then end that magical night with a peach of a right hand that knocked George Grove's flat spark out, excuse me, in front of 80,000 at Wembley. Well, I don't think, I don't even think we would, I don't think the world would be here if that didn't happen. 80,000 at Wembley Stadium, perfectly on George Grove's chin and flattening him in front of 80,000 fans at Wembley Stadium. Got quite 80,000 though, was it tonight? Uh, I'm not saying. Right, wait, wait. Can I? I wanted to ask you a bigger picture question because well, no, you were on. asking me about the Fox schedule and. Well, let me let know. me let me interject you. I'm saying I'm not All saying right. Eddie Hearn caused it, but Eddie Hearn took advantage of an yes. awakening, and I think he does it better than everyone else. He gives you look. I've called some of them Eddie Hearn specials on the zone. I cashed the zone checks, and I got to be honest with you, them undercard fights are fun as balls. There, PBC undercard fights, like when you're there at like 3.30 p.m. West Coast time, not fun as balls. Not. Yeah. I, I, I Look, I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I watched every single undercard fight you called in the U.K., uh, but, you know, I will say you did a bang-up job on uh, – what's his name? Sandman versus uh, Ken Patera, and <laughs> an even better job, of course – with Usyk value and the classic yeah. soul-taking call. Yes, thank you. That may be the last fight I ever. Double kebab. Yes, yes. It was. Oh, it was. It was great. It was um, great. Now they paid good, now. by the way. We can say it now. The zone paid okay. stupidly well. They paid stupid money. Oh, uh, well, I'm glad you got a piece of that. I wish. Damn, I wish I had too. No, you don't. Uh, no, you don't. To paraphrase no? Diddy and Big. More money, more problems. You don't, you don't want the problems, bro. True, true, true. true. Right. Um, I wanted to ask you, Brian. 
sort of from the bigger picture, we know now, unfortunately, that uh, at least two of the Power Five college football conferences are sitting out the fall season, Pac-12 and Big Ten. Um, Why are you saying this? Is this uh, 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 I bet you how does that affect the, the boxing schedule, if, especially Ooh, if uh, yes, I mean, I, you know, that puts holes. I, I, I forget that puts big holes in in somebody's Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and and you know me, I like to fill a hole. Uh, that is OK. Content. Here's the deal. Fight sports, as we know, especially if you're an East Coast bloke like me and you complain, it's stupid how late they go. It's stupid how it's stupid that these the UFC cards, when they have multiple five round championship fights on it, I mean, the main event doesn't go until one thirty. It's stupid. If we stop trying to avoid college football because it's not there, by the way, it will be there because the people in the South don't care about anything. But, but there um, may be that there. I mean, they're, that's a lot less content uh, right, but they're uh, overall, just gonna, right? But aren't they just going to fill the primetime holes? Or I, here's what I wonder: I don't know ratings. It just, does the CBS with the SEC get more viewers if they put Alabama against Auburn on at one o'clock, four o'clock, or eight o'clock? Probably earlier, right? Probably. The other thing I don't, I think, and I'm not the one to answer this question. Unfortunately, we could try and look. You don't try and look it up because your Wi-Fi is not going to help, help us right now. But uh, I think the real question is what does the, the, the real impact would be? What does which which conferences does Fox have the closer uh, deals with? Like, I think isn't isn't Big Ten a Fox um, isn't Big Ten a Fox thing? I don't know. I don't know that shit. It is in basketball, but probably not. Nah, I, I don't. I, I should not say that. Um, anyway, if Fox is losing some football games because of this, then they may have more money to spend and need better fights. In which case, we might be able to look to. Oh, uh, sorry, I had some audio problems. We're back. We're back. We're back. In which case, they might. We're, we're, we're live, Rafe. In which case, if Fox has basketball game, I mean, you're saying there's going to be an opening for the damn sport. Hopefully, I mean, I I don't wish any ill of of college football, but if if that opening is there, then wouldn't it? Okay, how many times do we find ourselves? We're falling into this damn trap again, Brian. How many times do we find ourselves saying this is a great opportunity for boxing? <laughs> if only boxing could take advantage of this. What always happens when we say this? Boxing rolls out more more Sebastian Formellas. So I don't I don't want to jump the gun and say that this is going to be some great opportunity for boxing, but it maybe there will be and maybe something good will happen. Maybe, just maybe. <sighs> All right, my man, the same Birdo. Ask my man ask my man Andre Birdo about me. He a good friend of mine now. Everybody know Andre Birdo. That was my guy. Yeah, this ain't him though. Okay, this ain't him, Gary Russell. All right. Yep. All right. Don't don't be. You know. Don't get. Don't be getting that female vibe with me. Attention seeking eyes, females. You know when a female trying to get some attention, how they do every and anything to try to make somebody. You know what I mean? Look at them or comment on the picture or something. Man, Bud is hard, right? <laughs> Bud, Bud hard. Crawford just slaying the world with his um off-color pandemic takes i mean I he was it. he was in early on 5g conspiracies and here he is talking about um female traits in a in a fairly uh derogatory manner um he's he got some rough edges but i i still love that about him he is 
he he he's just a stone cold mf -er, man. And well, Terrence Crawford, he's good. quite frankly, is a guy who's a bad man. Yeah. Who thinks he is the best at and you know what? Seven pounds, and I got news for the Americans mm -hmm. of the world. Many people. Many people. Uh, do you think many. he's gonna? Hey, speaking of Manny, are they trying to make that fight? I, I, there were rumors, but I, I doubt it. I have not looked seriously into it, but it's going to be really difficult for a number of reasons. Um, where can they make it? I don't think Manny wants to do it here. It may be hard for him to get here at the time. I mean, you know, the Philippines but, is they're, they're starting to spike with COVID. It's it's it ain't, it's going to be tricky. And Bud ain't taking a quarantine discount. He's gone on record about 86 times saying that. But Well, one great thing about fighting Manny is you probably don't have to take a quarantine That's discount. True. That's um, true. That would be awesome if it, if they could figure out a way to make that work. It would it see it feels like a Hail Mary to me. Uh yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm extremely with you on that. Uh you know who's fighting really soon? It's making a wee bit of a mockery of a sport that I love and I don't like it. Do not you call him a YouTuber. Uh oh sorry, let me round out the schedule. That Ugas Ramos fight is gonna have your your cousin uh Rancis Bartholomew is gonna mm -hmm. dance with wolves against Alberto Puelo, no relation to Artie Paluo, uh for another one of these fake WBA tiles. All right. Uh Carl Frampton's gonna be back. Is that this weekend, right? All right, then maybe we'll talk about it when it's this weekend time. All yes, right, well I'm gonna yes, talk about it now. Uh who is he fighting this weekend? Some some something guy. Uh it was he had a replacement opponent. It, it, his scheduled opponent was somebody it was already a mismatch this is just a stay busy fight uh i will check it out because i am a call frampton fan i i, I want to see how he looks um because if he still if he looks as good as he did when he fought was it uh the guy he fought on the valdez Leo undercard Santa Cruz. yeah 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 scott um, no no um, no but in any case if he looks as good as he did in his last outing late last year kiko martinez then, yeah yeah no, it wasn't any of these guys. Nor was it. Um, oh, Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Uh, but yeah, somewhere. I like. Look, let's. It's a stay busy fight. All right, let really me let cares? me find out what you care about. Let's let's just dip into that now. Okay, you ready? Uh, your boy Joan O'Carroll, by the way, tonight as we record this, I'm not sure if this podcast will even be live by that time. The Bearded Wonder is going to be on a ESPN Plus card from Yorkshire, England, against Maxi Hughes. You don't care, right? Not really, not really. He looked good against Quig, though. He got, I, I will. I, I'm not a, a John O fan, but he he did. He boxed well. Uh, he boxed really well against Scott Quig, who was, you know, one step away from retirement. But still, uh, yeah, Carroll put it on him. He had one foot in the trap door there. Uh, Friday night from DAZN and Sky Sports from Eddie's backyard. By the way, did you see that female fight over the weekend from Eddie's backyard? I didn't. I don't know their names, but people are saying that was a wall. That it was two hard women going at it. I gotta say, Brian, I missed that one. Okay. Okay. Do you have any rules regarding uh, female fights uh, when you watch them at all, by any chance? No? Uh, definitely not. You don't do interview with women unless I fornicate with them. Okay. okay, that's weird. That's weird. That's not me, man. That's not me. I don't get down like that. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. Okay. okay, we'll get to Mike in a second. Um, Sorry, my internet, but God, my, my Wi-Fi. Uh, Friday night, Felix Cash. 
a guy. Oh, I, I like. I, I do like Felix. Kapp. I do as well. He's going to take on Jason Wellborn, that white guy who uh, had the was, Canadian Backstreet Boy, who came in there against Jarrett Hurd in that comeback fight and was winning on the uh, Wilder Fury One Showtime pay per view undercard and then got sent to hell. It's going to be for Cash's Commonwealth Middleweight Title. I don't know anybody else on the uh, on the undercard. Uh, you, yeah, you care about that a little, right? I do. I, look, Felix Cash. I got interested in him because he was in a great fight late last year with uh, little lever meat cleaver guy, this tall, skinny British middleweight who throws about a million punches around and and has no defense. And it was such a fun fight. Cash was Cash outboxed and was clearly the classier guy. Almost knocked him out in the first round, and and then it just turned into a war. You know, this guy had. Big, we fought like a tough, tough gang member, and and so since the both of them impressed me that night, and Cash uh, seems like he could be, he, he might, I, I, I think he has the look of a fighter who might not just be a UK domestic champ guy. Okay. He ain't no Ted. This ain't Ted Cheeseman. No, this ain't Berto either. Uh, you can get the raw dog that way. Uh, Friday, Telemundo from Miami, Ricardo Espinosa Franco will take on. Brandon Valdez, Jr. Featherweight. No, no, we don't. Come on. No, no. All right. Let's get to Frampton. It's Saturday on the plus. Junior lightweight's late replacement, Darren Trainer, Michael McConlin in the co-main against Sofian Takut. Oh, that's the guy that um, that's the guy that I think uh, Tevin Farmer beat in two rounds. All right. This ain't moving me. I, I, lo- I love me, Frampton and Conlon. I love me. And I'm not trying to say it don't move me because it's not PVC. Them one-sided ones don't move me either. But this don't move me. All right? Thank they you. could – I mean, there are good reasons why it won't happen. But they're of the right size to fight each other. They're, they both were fighting at 130 pretty recently. They're friends. They're both uh, Northern Ireland guys. Okay. John O'Carroll is not – from Belfast. Oh, you said? Did you say Mick Conlon? Mick Conlon and, and Carl right. Frampton. All right, they're they're yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. they should not fight each other. No, no, no. Uh, Saturday in the streets of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know what this means for fans during COVID, but Cecilia Bracus Bracus, uh, broker bro, broker. I just met her. Okay. Um, Breakass is going to defend all four of her welterweight women's titles against Jessica McCaskill. Ten rounds, two minute rounds, female style, and the hook here. Okay, the hook brings Philly you back. Philly style. The hook brings you back. Never, yeah. Is it um, a is it a Philly style show or a female style? Uh, show? <laughs> Tyrone going to be the ref. Uh, it's going to be uh, Breakus trying to get Rafe her twenty sixth. Welterweight title defense that goes back. She has all four belts now. She's the first female to unify all four. The only other one was uh, was uh, Clarissa Shields at 160. Uh, 2009, she won her first welterweight title. She's been a pound-for-pound pound top performer. She's like 38, 39 now. Do you care about Todd Grisham on the call for this one? I, I do care about this fight because I am kind of... I'm, I kind of sort of talking myself into Jessica McCaskill pulling off this upset. Whoa. You know, Brackus is is very old, and she hasn't always looked good in recent years. Didn't she get dropped in her last fight? Yes. And McCaskill yes. is, you know, she has one loss, but she is tough. She 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 she's active. She's younger. I if she if look Brackus is is the more talented fighter, period. But if you know if if she got old overnight which is very possible at her age then McCaskill is the right kind of opponent to bring it out of her 
And and I'm just rooting for her for Breakus to lose because I'm tired of hearing about her as some special <laughs> well, she's fighter. Gonna she break, she's going to break Joe Lewis's title defense record here. Uh, I yeah, think. right. Yeah, yeah, right, Jeffrey. All yeah, right. right Jeff. uh, I've, I've looked at the tip. I've analyzed it. Prepare your horse for the war. They're, they're prepared, Egan. The- Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, Dizon gives us those kind of those uh, those poo poo platter buffet undercards. We're like, you know what? I kind of got to see that. No, no, back away from the buffet table. Well, we'll have to because I don't know if I want to see any of these. Israel Madrimov versus Eric Walker, Jr. Middleweight. Oh, oh, uh- Sorry, Brian. Gonna have to take the card there. You are you? You're not down with Israel Madrimov. I don't know this man. Look, I I have a lot of skinheads. I need to know. Okay, these days, all right. I have an uh, Uzbekistan guy named Israel Madrimov. This you ain't should Mighty get Mo, to know him. What's that guy? He, I need to know. Mech, Mech the Destroyer. This ain't Mech the. Beck, uh, no, he's not. He's not quite Beck Bully, but he. I mean, some people think he's a better prospect. He is a more. Um, he's a more athletic fighter. He's a more he looks more the part than Beck does, who is kind of chubby and like, wait, is this is this for real? But it works. And uh, but Majumov, no, super decorated amateur. They're moving him fast. Uh, you know, he wants he, he he's I think he might have some kind of fake mandatory or close to it position or a high ranking that he like uh, our guy uh, MJ Akhmadaliev, who was who won that probably the best fight of this year so far against uh, uh Danny Roman yes I, I think uh, I I got I had Joshua Franco's name in my head and I didn't want to mess it up anyway yeah look man this you is are one of the this, hardcore. this, this is not- one of these hardcore Uzbek guys who is very athletic very fun good dancing videos he's like a, a master of dance dance revolution if you want to check him out online um and he clowns a little in the ring looks like he might get himself into some trouble with that eventually but he's a he the guy is a talent it's worth that one is worth watching i'll watch it in between skinhead championship fights i'll watch it okay i don't really know anything else on this card did did i am i not a boxing fan anymore it's look I, i i give you and anyone i give myself a pass uh at the moment because there's not that much to follow or care about right now. And we yes. know the things that are. And, and look, it's getting better. The sport is coming back. There are fights on the calendar that we all care about and should care about. But there's it's it's there's still it's still hard. There's still stu- it's still you look around and like, really, is this it? Is this it? I don't I know. A, Maybe, you know, it's hard to be as invested as we were. And also, we probably shouldn't be. There's no, an ongoing no, pandemic. The no, world is burning, no. man. Yeah. No, I had a dream, man. What the F was your dream about? I dreamed that I was hard, hard, hard. You know that. You know that, Ray. Black sheep. Come on. You know that. All right. All right. I know you don't get down with the uh, Jungle Brothers like I do. Oh, are you kidding? I like Jungle Brothers way more than Black Sheep. No, 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 no. Wolf in Sheep's Clothing was the perfect mix of real rap and commercial. I stood at that intersection for much of the early 90s, all right? All right. For yeah, white uh, suburbanites uh, like send me. Yeah, send me your MC Hammer cassettes. Oh, I did have. I did have all, all of them, actually. <laughs> they all did right? exist. I mean, we did have to pray just to make it today. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't, you know, I, people need to see your bedroom at your, at your dad's place. It's just a 90s shrine. No window in that bedroom, by the way. 
There is a window. It, it, the window, it just looks out into another part of the apartment. Well, people were able to look into your soul. All right. I see what you're doing with the lotion bottle. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Rafe, we do care about the uh, show, PBC on Showtime card this week. And before we get into that, though, quickly, I did want to hit up last weekend's PBC on Fox card. I know there's no rhyme, reason, or flow to this show. Shout out to Flo Joku from uh, Showtime, one of, one our of the friends, best. one of our friends in the business. Um Hey, I like that win for Jamal James over Thomas DeLorme. It wasn't a sexy fight on paper, but was quasi-important. It was for one of those fake WBA interim titles. But if either of those guys is going to get back up to the elite B-side level, and I think James certainly has a much higher you know, uh, ceiling, they needed that win. And I don't know if you saw Jamal James's war with, uh, with the husk of Antonio DeMarco last year. It, it shouldn't have been a war. James bent over. Gave up his height, fought in a phone booth, fun-ass fight. If he had done that against Delorme, he'd probably get sent to hell. He didn't. He boxed. He used his length. Good-ass performance. Not exciting, but good performance, Rafe. Yeah, look, the fight itself didn't end up being uh, super-duper memorable, but like you like you said, it's just it's a fight that needed to happen because it's guys who are right underneath that uh, world title contender level and and what you know one of them has to win to move up and get those important fights and jamal james you know was the favored fighter he's the one who's on the upswing of his career and he he looked pretty good he handled uh delorme he, look does he pop off the screen and strike me as someone who is going to compete with the top five or top seven at welterweight do i think that younger fighters um who might not have the resumes or the rankings over him yet like Virgil Ortiz would probably beat him right now yes I do but still yeah but Virgil he's a Ortiz credible is credible fighter and would would give a you know he's a worthy he's earned a challenger he's earned to challenge for a world title a real world title at welterweight or at least be considered in the mix all the time um, and if not that, at least, you know, get a good payday against uh, Danny Garcia coming off a loss, which uh, might be in the cards. He has one of the worst box rec pictures ever. Jamal James. That's tough, man. How do you do that? How does uh, Scott Sigmund has a really rough one? The, Scott Sigmund. Wow. That's a remember that journeyman. I, it sticks in your head, man. That's okay. why I'm saying stick um, places if you let it too. Uh, I, I liked the win. I don't know if he'll beat any of the elites. But he's in the game. He's in there. Did you like the presentation from PBC on Fox? Uh, shout out to Brian Kelly for cashing <laughs> more checks ah, than me. What do you got? <laughs> I'm looking at Jamal James right yeah, now. Don't, don't he look oh, like he man. looks like First a. First of all, he's got his hair pulled back in like the Dougie Fisher ponytail. <laughs> he's got a terrible like Michael Pacquiao fort at age 14 <laughs> mustache. Yeah. And it looks like he's straining super hard looking in the camera. Like he's holding in a turd. Remember, it is. It is great. Great stuff. Remember uh, Willie Lopez from the movie ghost, the guy who killed Patrick Swayze. This would be his, his, his jail roommate. This is what this, this, this shot looks like. All right. You know, speaking of ghost, Brian, I was, I've always wanted to ask you this. What, what boxer would you most want to share a naked pottery wheel extra experience oh my with? God, uh, do, if I sorry pick, to put you on the spot, if I pick a Klitschko brother. Does Dan Raphael come with it? I mean, what, can I wear the fleece? I mean, come on, wow, can I wear the fleece over my genitals? Where are we going here? Um, all right, my real answer: uh, Christina Hammer. 
Let's bring down a hammer. Stop. Hammer time. All right. Yes. It's a hammer. Go hammer. It's a hammer. Yo, hammer. <laughs> it is hot. Okay. Look, look. See, this is why people lose jobs. This is, this is why we can't have Pauly anymore. All right. Oh, we are. It. We are. We are. We are definitely not in Pauly territory. Okay. Stop it already. I will stop you as soon as you start heading into Pauly territory. Right. Let me tell you, don't you tinkle with the finkle. With tinkle with a winkle. Yes. No, uh, I didn't say that. I definitely ain't tinkling with his winkle. I'm not tinkling with his winkle. Okay, enough but... weird old white guys. Um, did you like the presentation? I, I hate, I hate piped-in fake noise. But did you like the... I know MLB has fake fans and it looks weird, but did you like the walls being set up? It almost looks real when you're watching. I thought it looked good. I just thought it looked very clean. The black ring, uh, some of the experimental camera angles annoyed me a little bit. But overall, I did. One thing I noticed this isn't quite a presentation issue, but did the ring look enormous to you? It looked like one of the. It looked like maybe a twenty-four foot side. It just looks huge. I didn't. Notice. Um, I didn't notice. But right. um, no, I thought it was fine. I, I, I and I, I generally haven't had the same problem i guess some sports fans have you know getting used to watching whatever sport mlb nba anything that that has come back boxing in these no fan bubble environments i don't know it's pretty it's not that hard to just focus on the action in the ring or on the field or on the court or on the pitch for our blokes out there uh, you know, you get absorbed in the action. That's what's great about sports. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe, maybe maybe that's just me. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Was there any other fights that happened on that show? Oh, there were some people getting sent to hell on the undercard. How about that? I, I mean, I like coffee and I like tea, but can I enter a final plea on Michael Coffee? Who is this guy? Thirty-four years old, ten and zero, seven KOs. He's got skills for a fat heavyweight. Great. Uh, Did you see him? No. Oh, okay. Can he fight Kownatsky? Uh, maybe. Maybe he can milk it for, from Kownatsky. You know what I'm saying? The fat fellas can fight for some reason. All fat people can fight. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was ultimately Kownatsky's problem against that uh, that large man. What was that? Who did he lost to? Hellenius? Yeah, Kownatsky Big Robert. Makes one man's opinion is he should have milked it. There are ways to milk is it. Is he saying squirt the milk at Hellenius, I think that probably would have um, would have been a deciding factor in the fight, right? All of a sudden, there's milk in your eyes; you can't see the punches coming. That's that's. I mean, that's like the that's like the the bad dude in the movie Gladiator who rubs the 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 chemicals in his eyes, and then, yes. or or like when when uh, when Chong Lee throws the dust in yes. in, in in Van Damme's oh, eyes Mr. in Bloodsport. That's only only a few. Very special fighters can fight while blind. Yes, Mr. Fuji throws the, the salt and the rice in people's eyes, and then I've seen some adult movies where they throw things as well. You shouldn't be by man with titties. Come on, man. You, you got him. Be titties. You, can't be you shoot, got him. You got to be sure. You got him, man. You got him. Shoot the milk already. You got him. All right. Hey, let's get into David uh, Benavidez's time, okay? It's his time right now. No, no, no. It's, it's David's time. Uh, coming at us right now. Great interview. Great guy. Enjoy. I'm looking okay. to talk to the most exciting young fighter on the planet. Is he on the line right now? 
Well, you got him on the phone right now. What's up, brother? That's what I'm talking about, David Benavidez. Headlining role where you belong on Showtime this Saturday from the bubble. I got to start you off, man. How you doing with this quarantine COVID life? Are they sticking uh, swabs down your throat? What's happening? How you holding up? Yeah, you know, all that's going on right now. You know, it's a little weird right now because, uh, you know, usually when we get to the hotels, you know, we move around, go run a little bit, go to the gyms and train. But right now you can't do none of that. So, you know, we're just we're just working what we got. You know, uh, we want to go get the COVID test earlier today. And then we came back. We did a little bit of training in my room. And then now here we are, you know, um, you know, this is a different type of uh, different type of lifestyle and training camp we have going on now. But, you know, we made it to that. We made it to the end. And now all we got to do is wait until Saturday night, you know, and going going there and defend the title. Absolutely. Showtime this Saturday night. Uh, Angulo in front of you. And look, you're rightfully getting all of the headlines coming in. You regained your title spectacularly against Anthony Durrell in, in what was a competitive fight, and you pulled away. So what are we supposed to know about Angulo here? Uh, what type of challenge are you expecting coming off of such a big uh, close-up opportunity to regain your belt? You know, with Angulo, he has a completely different style than Anthony Durrell. You know what I mean? Um Anthony Durrell is more of a counterpuncher, more of a boxer. You know this, and this fighter in Angulo, he's more of a pressure, pressure type of fighter. You know he likes to go forward. He likes to throw a lot of big shots. You know, so it's going to be a different type of game that I'm playing this Saturday. You know, I feel like I have, you know, my fights are more exciting when you know the person I'm fighting just comes forward and forward. You know, what I mean, I'm, I've I've seen that type of style a lot in my career, so I'm used to it. You know, so I'm looking to have a great fight. You know, Angulo, he, you know, he wants to win my title. You know, I'm not going to let him win my title. It's my job to defend it with my life, so I'm going to go in there, you know what I mean? And I'm going to give the fans, you know, a, a crowd-pleasing fight. This is what they want to see. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, people can't be here for the fight, you know, so it's my job to give them a great fight so they can watch from home. Absolutely. Uh, how much do you sort of feel either the pressure or the responsibility for PBC, for Showtime, to be one of these young pillars that they can build around? You know, um, I really don't feel any pressure. You know, what I mean, I'm just gonna continue to do what I've been doing since I was since I was 18 years old. You know, what I mean, I feel like that's why I've got to where I'm at. You know, why I won the belt at 20 years old because you know, um, you know, I don't really have to. You know, I'm I just do I just go go out there and do what I do. I'm an exciting fighter. The, the fans love me. The you know the the people like to see me fight. And I just my style just brings out those good fights. You know, I don't I don't shy away from a fight. You know, I'd rather bring a fight and and make it a war. You know, what I mean, so I just gotta do what I'm doing. You know, I just gotta stay patient. You know, wait for the wait for the right time to attack. You know, and then when I do, you know, um, you know, make sure I, you know, make sure I hurt him and knock him down. Make sure he don't get up. And that's what exactly what the plan is. Uh, we saw you uh, just a spectacular knockout a couple of years back against Porky Medina. One that I'm always like, hey, if you don't know David Benavidez, watch this right here. How often do you watch that? I don't know eight punch combination that you finished him with. You know, that was probably one of my favorite knockouts I've ever had. You know what I mean? I watched it quite a lot. You know, I feel like, and I feel like this fighter that I'm fighting and, you know, is is is, is kind of in a replica of, of Porky Medina. He's the same type of fighter, comes forward, you know, throws a lot of big shots. You know what I mean? So, you know, it could possibly, you know, be the same night. You know what I mean? He's a rough, tough, rough, uh, rugged guy, you know what I mean? But he has the same exact style. So I'm looking, I'm looking to have a spectacular performance come Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, you, you look at your, your recent growth as a fighter, and when you employ the style that you do, which is pressure, which is, like you said, you try to make a fight happen, 
you're going to get hit sometimes. Do you have any uh, fears ever for long term about being a little bit more defensive, or is this the style that makes you the very best you can be? Well, you know, if you really if you look at my my fights very closely, you know, by the time the fights are done, I really don't, you know, I don't come out with black eyes, I don't come out with cuts or none of that. You know, it's it's fighting in the pocket, but it's being very careful with your defense too. Just because I'm on the outside a lot doesn't mean you know I'm not. You know, I'm I'm gonna just because I'm on the inside doesn't mean I'm you know I'm just taking the shots or taking them forward. It might look like it, you know, but in boxing, if you're smart, you know, you, you have to be very careful, cover up the shots. You know, it's timing too that that you have to perfect on the inside like that. Just because it's hitting on the gloves doesn't mean you're hit, it's hitting your face. You know what I mean? And I feel like that creates more room for counter shots, and that's more room for opportunities and body shots. You know what I mean? So if I'm in close to the pocket, you know, it's definitely gonna be a short night for whoever I am, but. Honestly, I don't feel like I get hit too much. I've never, you know, came out, you know, cut. You know, I've never came out with broken nose, none of that. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm doing pretty good right now. The idea of and, uh, you know, the, the style's going to continue. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the styles you you perform so well is is infighting, being able to throw combinations and sharp punches from such short space. That's like an old school lost art. Uh, you know, why is that such a big part of your attack? Um, Because, you know... Uh, I think people just don't expect it. You know, me being my size and how tall I am, they don't expect to get hit with short shots, like short, strong shots like that. And, you know, not only not only just getting hit with one, I can hit you with a variety of them, you know what I mean? And then not, not only that, I could, I could box from the outside, you know, I could do a lot of stuff. So I feel like sometimes these fighters, they don't expect me to do some of the things I do. You know, but the the short the short shots on the inside, you know, those are one of my favorites because you know the short shot the short shots create the opportunities to hit the body shots. And if you know me, you know me, you know that my favorite shots are the body shots. So you know, I always got to be on the inside. You know, there's always a lot of things I'm working on. Yeah, well, look, when you beat a fighter, a big name fighter, you can take their fans, you can take the experience. What did you take from going in there against a guy in Anthony Durrell who, you know, under the radar had one of the been one of the biggest faces in the division over the past five, six, seven, eight years? What did you learn from that opportunity? I learned that I'm definitely meant to be here. You know, nobody had ever stopped Anthony Durrell. Nobody ever put the pressure on him like I, I put the pressure on Anthony Durrell. You know, I feel like he felt my power. I was, I'm 23 years old. You know, he felt exactly how strong. Actually, I was 22 years old when I when I took the belt from him. So, you know, he definitely felt the power. He definitely felt the pressure. And I think that just, you know, that just put the whole the whole division on notice because not even Badu Jack was able to stop, you know, Anthony Durrell. And I did it. You know, people could say that the, the fight stopped because of the cut, this and that. But if you look at that last round closely, Anthony Durrell was running from his life. He didn't want it no more. You know, and that cut was the only thing that saved him from getting knocked out. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you're an absolutely exciting fighter. So is your brother, your big bro. What's the latest on him? When are we going to see him back in the ring? You know, he's, he's in the he's in the gym right now. He's training. You know, he just had a daughter, you know, like three months ago. So oh, I nice. feel like right now he's enjoying being a father. You know, he's enjoying a, his daughter. But, um, you know, as soon as we get back, we're probably going to, you know, talk about training camp with him, this and that, and see when when he could get a fight in. But um, where he's definitely working, so you know it's not too long that you'll see him back in the ring. All right, when we mention you and this division, people are constantly linking your name with that of Caleb Plant. Are you okay with that? Do you want that? Is that the big one at the end of the rainbow? What do you think about the idea of you unifying one day with that fighter? Definitely, that's the fight that we want to make make happen as soon as possible. You know, I don't like him; he doesn't like me. I want his belt, and you know that's that's the fight. That I feel like it's been cooking up, 
and then that's the fight, the type of fight that fans are excited about in the super middleweight division. So I feel like that definitely has to happen as soon as possible. That's the fight I want, you know, and that's the person I want to knock. Not, that's the person I want to knock out. When I get him in the ring, it's going to get ugly. Trust me, and I'm going to end up leaving with this belt. All right, you got to tell me what, what's the beef here because I've seen some jawing in a gym online. What's the story? You know, trash talk. You know, he thinks he's better than me, and I know he's not better than me. You know, just the way that dude is. You know, I don't want to really say too much. You know, um, it just is just his persona. There's these just, you know, there's these sometimes there's competitors, and there's these two dudes that just don't like each other. You know, that's this the same story from here. I just don't like that guy. You know, I don't like the way he is. I don't like the way he acts. I don't like the way that he thinks he's better than everybody when he's not. You know what I mean? I know he's said a lot of stuff about me, so. You know, I just can't wait to get him in the ring. And that's, that's just what it is. You know, it's just competitors, you know, competing at his best. You know, um, he wants to, he wants to, he thinks he's going to rule the division, and I'm not going to let that happen. You know, this is my division. And, you know, and with, with time, you guys will tell. And soon enough, you know, I'm going to be walking away with his belt, too. You know, he, I've talked to him in the past, and he's dealt with the sort of, like, great white hope thing where people see him and they don't think he's as good or as tough as he is, and maybe they think he gets advantages because of how he looks. Do you think he's, you know, up to the level of the, of the uh, acclaim that he gets? Is he the real deal? Well, I mean, he's a champion for a reason. I just feel like the level the levels of competitors he's fought isn't really that good, you know? Um, when he fought, you know, Uskutek, it was a good fight. I'll give it to him, you know, but then the two fights, the two defenses that came after that, you know, Mike Lee and then Feigen Boots, and you know what I mean? And then I think maybe he's going to fight Angulo next or Ronald Gravel, you know, so I'm here. So the level of opposition he has, you know, is not tough at all. You know, compared to me, you know what I mean? I fought, you know, since I've been 18 years old, 19, I fought some great competitors. You know, we both fought. Porky Medina, and that just lets you know just just from the performances. You know, he didn't, he couldn't even hurt Porky Medina. And people say, you know, after after Porky Medina fought me, you know, Porky Medina was done. He didn't really have the, the spark in him anymore. And that's when Caleb Plant fought him. And he still couldn't knock him up. You know, I mean, they went all twelve rounds. You know, so I feel like he's a good fighter, man. But I just feel like I don't want to say too much more. I just want to get in their ring and show you guys. You know, I'm not too much of a talker. I just like I like I just like to show people what I could do. Absolutely. Well, it's not about Caleb Plant this weekend. It's about Romer Alexis Angulo Saturday night showtime. Uh, let's end it right here. Give me two words to describe what we're going to see Saturday. Fireworks. That's what you guys are going to see on Saturday night. You know, it's going to be a great fight. You know, I I I want to advise everybody to you know tune into the fight. Don't miss it. You know, and it's not only my fight that's going to be an amazing fight. You know, we got my buddies, you know, um, Rolando Romero. You know, isn't that's going to be a great fight too. Roley, you know, he's fighting for his first world title. And you got some heavyweights in the in the in the in the opening card. So it's going to be a whole. It's going to be a, a stacked card from top to bottom. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a great fight. You know, so if you're a true boxing fan, tune into this fight. It's going to be an amazing night of boxing. David Benavides, always a pleasure. Love the fire and the and the attitude. Best of luck on Saturday. All right, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. And special thanks once again to the WBC champ. Uh, Rafe, he's going to get Romer Alexis Angulo this Saturday. It's stay busy-ish, but I will say this about the Colombian. Angulo can punch. I mean, I you know, you go back and watch some of his fights. You know, he had the upset on zone over Sims Jr. Um, he's got a good right hand. He sort of makes you think twice. Benavita says, though, I come to fight. I come to get dirty. I come to to make a fight. I don't. I think we're underselling the at least the action potential in this one. Yeah, I think I think we're looking at the competitive mismatch side of it and thinking, oh man, this isn't that. This isn't a really tough test for 
Benavidez. But it, you, I think you are right that it has a, a lot of fun while it lasts potential because unlike some of the other guys we've seen uh, Romer and Gulo fight, what, which is Zerto and Anthony Sims. And I look, God bless anyone who's gone back and watched more Romer and Gulo fights than that. But, uh, you know, in those two fights, both of those, both Sims and, and Zerto Ramirez were, were, you know, more classic boxer puncher types tried to be a little more, uh, they didn't put on as much pressure as we know Benavidez will and will with a lot of power, uh, behind it. And, That'll give Angulo a chance maybe to catch Benavidez coming in and, and see if he can hurt him and, and you know, swing the odds in his favor. I Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I'm excited to see it. It's going to be fun. And Benavidez is still one of these young fighters who I'm super excited about and want to see everything he does in a ring uh, and, and haven't yet gotten to the point in my fandom where I'm going to be like, I just want to see him fight the guy I want to see him fight, which which comes that will be that will be here in a couple of years. It will be it, well, no a couple of years. I think it's going to what, what guy do you want to see Canelo or plant any of them? Actually, yeah, you've heard this, right? That Benavidez himself is is pretty cannily moving on from all of them, all of them guys and saying the real fight down the road. is going to be me versus Edgar Berlanga. Yes, it, the. But- more like Burbanga. That guy oh. bangs. But look, uh, just, you know, I know you didn't hear it, but Benavides did just say, I want Plant. I hate him. I want him. I don't respect him. I want him. So uh, let's do that thing. If they can both advance, let's do that thing because I am so fired up. Look, that's Bull and Matador, right? The guy who I think can beat Canelo against a guy I'd love to see against Canelo. Then you have Mayweather. Here, trigger left hook. Right there, I say Caleb Plant level left hook. How dare he say that? Yeah, that's, how that's, dare he say Caleb, Pl- Caleb Plant's <laughs> left hook is so much better than Floyd. Ma- it, the only thing better than Caleb Plant's left hook is a younger Caleb Plant. Yes, yes throwing a you. left hook. Thank you, thank you. Okay, I, Dwyer, look, Dwyer's going to Dwyer at the end of the day. Angulo's only loss comes against Zerdo Ramirez. He's thirty six, but he's twenty six and one with twenty two KOs. Had that split decision in January over Anthony Sims Jr. on DAZN. Uh He bangs, so it'll be interesting. Benavidez is probably going to probably going to stop him, but he can also get stopped. Ronald Gavriel dropped him. You remember that, right? I do remember that. And Gavriel, yeah, that 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 made me that fight made me sleep on Benavidez a little bit and I had to come around late, but I'm here now and I'm on the train. Yeah, don't sleep. Don't sleep on any of this. Uh co-main event. Your boy Roly Romero getting a uh, close up here against an unbeaten fighter trained by Roberto Garcia. It is Jackson Marinez. There's another one of those vacant WBA interims on the line, but I think for Roly Romero who's what, 12 and 0 something like that. This this seems like a good enough test where we're going to know who he is. We know he's a banger. I don't know if he's a world beater. I know that if you want to fight Ryan Garcia, sorry, if you want to fight Tank Davis and your name is Ryan Garcia, you're going to have to go through Roley first. Uh, you think Jackson Marinez, who, by the way, Eric Raskin picked to pull the upset on Saturday. I heard that. Do you think he can do this? I don't I I don't know enough about Marinez. I I did not have to 
break this down, this fight down on the Showtime Championship Boxing Podcast. So I have not done a whole lot of uh, homework on on the opponent, but the, the, it is true that Roly is wow, wow, he's been in our lives as boxing fans for a, a couple of years now because of his frequent appearances at the Mayweather Boxing Club videos where he's a champion, or you know, of course, when Floyd was saying you want to fight Tank, you know, you got to fight Roly first. Uh, and also, you know, Roley, one thing I, he has proven more than he's had an opportunity to prove his ability in the ring or at least his his full ability in the ring so far is his ability as a self-promoter. I mean, he puts himself out. He's funny. He's witty. He's profane. He talks good ish. And he, you know, he, he's putting his name out there with other. He's saying not just Ryan Garcia. Now he's talking about fighting, you know, like like. Tank and other guys at 135 that that are sort of way beyond him in fame at the moment. Wow. Good for him. Um, and we, but yeah, we don't know quite how how good he is. He seems he obviously has power. He's aggressive, uh, but the jury's out. And this is like I don't know. Doesn't this feel like a good showbox fight? It does. This is a good lightweight fight. This is a, this is a good co-main event for 2020. Okay, I like yes. this. Let's do this. All right, it is at one three five. One thirty five weight category. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. Uh, also in this first televised fight, no undercards here. Okay, no fans, no undercards. Otto Valin. It is the first fight since he bloodied up Tyson Fury. And Ray, full disclosure, I haven't talked to him yet, but I am going to today. And you're about to hear it now. I want to talk to him about when he took that glove and stuck it in the wound and spun it. He's going to get Travis Kaufman in the All COVID Survivor Bowl, and the big Swede is coming your way right now. It's Otto. Enjoy. Otto Valin, hey. my man, how are yeah. you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Great to talk to you in your first yeah, you fight too. back since. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about yesterday. Oh, I, had, no. I I went to sleep and I put my alarm. I put it on an hour before, so I got thrown off. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> You're a big man. You Thanks. need the rest ahead of this big fight on Saturday. And I got to congratulate you for such a great performance against Tyson Fury last September. If if we didn't know you then, we know you now. Are you still getting people talking about that fight? If I was. Are you still hearing people talking about the Fury fight all the time? Yeah, I mean, every interview I do now, people want to talk about that, so it's been a it's been a game changer for me, you know. Nobody really knew about me before that fight, and I was just waiting to get a big fight, and I was happy when I got it finally. And you know, came close to beating him. I wanted to win the fight, but I left it all in the ring, and and the things happened the way they happened, and you know, it's been my my stock really went up with that fight. So yeah. what do you everything think? Everything is better. What do you think it is about your game? That Tyson Fury, uh, you know, underestimated. I think one thing is that I got a pretty good head. That you know, I went in there with no respect for him. I felt I felt like a lot of guys they go in there and show him too much respect and let him be awkward and let him dance and have his hands behind his back and stuff. But he couldn't do that with me, so we took that away. And I think that was one of the big things that I didn't show him any respect. I just went in there. And wanted to bring it to him. And that's what I tried to do. Yeah, but yeah. also, also I think that I'm pretty fast for, for heavyweight. And I got good footwork. And 
and I can be aggressive and I can box too. So I think that uh, everything just uh, works for me. Yeah. And I think I think maybe especially like having pretty solid footwork and that I can be aggressive. That's a good thing because he likes to box and you know just he likes people that slow feet that got slow feet. Absolutely. And I knew you most as a boxer, as a guy with good footwork. I didn't know you had that rough and rowdy side of you that, you know, if, if the fight calls for it, you can get aggressive. You can get in there and, and not box, but fight. Uh, had you had you been tested like that up to this point where you had to have one of those fights where it wasn't about technique? It was about just mauling people. I think, I mean, I knew that I could do that. Because I come from, you know, working class family. My my brother, he was a boxer and a Thai boxer, and he's always been very tough. And I'm the youngest of three boys, so I'm pretty tough. <laughs> I had to be tough. So, <laughs> you know, I knew that I had it in me, but no, maybe I haven't been able to show that too much in my fights before. Maybe maybe I wanted to more, but I'm a good boxer, so you know, that that usually solves it. But this time I really had to be aggressive and and uh, I did it what I had what I had to. All right, we gotta talk about that one moment that they replayed like crazy. Fury was cut open. It looked like you tried to stick your glove in there or your thumb. What was going on? <laughs> I don't know. You know, that might have happened and I mean that's part of boxing. I was I was there like I said, I didn't want to show him any respect and stuff like that so I was there to win I wasn't there to be his friend you know but yeah it didn't look it didn't look great on tape so I'm, I'm gonna think twice about doing that again <laughs> I love the honesty there <laughs> uh I just yeah. wanted to kind of wrap up the fury part of the conversation and just say uh everyone sort of believes if it was in a heavyweight title fight that fight would have been stopped so much earlier because of that cut uh, are you angry about that at all I'm not angry about it, but it would have been nice if they stopped it because I wouldn't have won the fight. But, you know, I, I did. I know next time that I really have to push him and push the guy, uh, in this case, Fury, to, you know, to make sure they stop it. Uh, I definitely think they could have stopped it and maybe they should have stopped it. Uh, but, I, I mean, I can't say that I'm angry about it because that would just eat me up because I know that I did all I could on that night and you know the rest is up to to those guys you know the judge and the doctor but I felt like they definitely should have stopped it yeah for sure uh, I gotta ask you about your career in the last couple of years besides the Fury fight you've had so many fights fall apart you fought Nick Kisner that time and it didn't even last a full round how and now you got the quarantine that kept you out for half a year how frustrating has it been when you want to show the world how great you can be but there's these things happening outside your control yeah it's been it's been a little challenging of course I think in 2019, I had pretty much three cancer fights. So I was going to fight for the European title at first. Then that got canceled. And then Nick Kistner, you know, fight ended, ended after one round. Then I had another fight with BJ Flores, where he didn't uh, make his medical. So that was canceled on fight night. But then finally, I got Fury. So I think everything worked out good in a way that I finally got a big fight like that. And, and, uh, you know, it's been challenging and then now with COVID and stuff. But 
I'm always training and I'm taking this very serious. So I know that the fights are going to come. So I just got to keep training and stay focused. And that's what I've been doing. Yeah, fair enough, indeed. Uh, I wanted to know about your situation because uh, normally in the United States, all the big name fighters, they're tied to one network. Yet we've seen you in Showtime before. Then you're on ESPN. Now you're back on Showtime. Are you more of a free agent? No, now, now I'm with Showtime. I got I got good offers after the Fury fight from different companies and stations, but we felt that Showtime, the Showtime, had the best offer. So, so I went with them, and this is my first fight. Excellent. You're going to be in there against Travis Kaufman. Both of you guys, unfortunately, uh, you know, went public in, in having to fight off the the COVID nineteen, and now you're going to go in there and fight each other. Uh, how tough was it to get through that illness? For me, it wasn't bad at all. I had a little sore throat, you know, a light fever. I was sneezing and coughing a little bit. But then maybe after four or five days, I got better. But then all of a sudden, I lost all my sense of smell and taste. So that was gone for about 10 days. But other than that, it was it was pretty much just a very light cold for me. It wasn't bad at all. But my mom caught it, her boyfriend caught it, and it was worse for them. They had like a really bad flu. But they both recovered, so I'm very happy about that. Great to hear. Great to hear, of course, about Travis Kaufman recovering as well. I know his dad had a tough battle. Yeah. Uh, Style-wise. Oh, he had it too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ran through the Kaufman family oh. as well. Uh, Style-wise, oh. what kind of fight are you going to see? What what part of your skills are going to come out against Travis Kaufman? I think that I'm I'm ready to do anything. I think I got answers for him. We know he can be aggressive. He can he can box. Um uh, I'm I'm thinking that he's probably going to want to be aggressive, you know, get down to my body. Uh so so I think that that's good, you know. If if he shows up and he's a fan fan friendly fighter and he exchanges sometimes, I think that would be good for me, you know, to uh to go in there and uh, against somebody that's not so passive. You know, I would like to have a good fight. For sure. But I I feel like I feel like overall I'm just better than him. I'm I'm fresh, I'm young, hungry, and I'm faster. I got better footwork, better offense, and better defense. So I think I got all the tools for him. He's a tough out, of course, got a good chin. He's been in there with some great ones. He tends to lose when he steps up, though, but this will be a good opportunity. What do you think is uh, at stake for you in this fight? What, what what do you gain by beating Travis Kaufman? I think there's a lot at stake, at, at stake for me because I feel like I got very good momentum since the Fury fight. And, you know, like we said, people starting to notice me now. They're going to keep an eye on this fight. So it's important for me to get the win and and to, to you know, to go on from there. And if I get the win here, maybe I can come back before the end of the year. And But if I would lose here, that would set me back a ton. So, I mean, I mean I've, been, I've been working for this my whole life so now finally when i'm getting to the big level i want to stay here there's no looking back now yeah absolutely uh you're this is a fun heavyweight era that we're in right now there's there's a lot of fun fights you can make if you beat travis kaufman do you have one big name that you're looking at or are you looking to get in a fight with anyone i would like to to fight a champion because that's been my dream my whole life so you know if i can get fury or joshua i know they probably tied up right now but that would be my dream fight. Or anybody that's champion at that point. 
Who do you think wins the third fight that they're planning for December when Fury faces Deontay Wilder again? Mm, I think that's going to be interesting. We'll see how Wilder comes back. It's not like Fury he has to go in there and get rid of him. I think that I think that Wilder he needs to make a lot of adjustments, and I think that he needs to not load up so much and try to knock Fury out because Fury he's got good defense and good movement. So if you're just trying to knock him out all the time, that that plays in his favor. Mm-hmm. So Wilder got to go out there, use his jab, you know, hit the body because Fury got a big body, and just let let his shots go and make it a fight. He can't he can't wait for Fury. And make him comfortable. Uh, Fury was unable to really hurt you. Fury was able to knock out Deontay Wilder. Not not a clean knockout, but a stoppage when the corner threw in the towel. Uh, how do you rate Fury's power? I mean, Fury is a big guy. And when you weigh that much, he was about 255 or something for me, I think. You know, if you're a big guy like that, the shot, I mean, you got to have some power. And and if you hit somebody the right place, they... they can get knocked out, but I would say that Fury is a more more of a boxer than a puncher. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think about Anthony Joshua in terms of bouncing back? He beat Andy Ruiz. He got his title back. Do you think he's vulnerable and ready to be beaten again? He might be. I think if I think Andy Ruiz had a really bad start for Joshua because you see when Joshua fights somebody that that can move his head like Ruiz did and throw good combinations. And he's got pretty good power too, Ruiz. So I think that that was a really bad style for Joshua. And I felt like Ruiz could have won again if he was in better shape for the second time. And we see how Joshua comes back now, but, you know, everybody can get beat and so can Fury. So it's going to be interesting. But if they fight Fury and Joshua, I would like to see that. But in that fight, I would favor Fury. Because uh, I think that Joshua doesn't like to look bad, and I think that Fury can make him look bad by you know, making him miss and making him pay. Sure, sure. Uh, what's the reaction right now for your career in Sweden? How how hot is boxing there at the moment? You know, boxing isn't isn't huge in Sweden. It was forbidden for about forty years, and now it's legal finally. So that's good. And I think that Swedish boxing needs someone to really stand out. And hopefully I can be that guy and to really bring boxing up again. And I get I get great response over there, of course. And especially since the Fury fight, there's a lot of people, you know, rooting for me. And the media is really backing me now more than ever. So, so that's really good. And I think that I think that, like I said, we need a guy to really stand out. We have Badu Jack. He's been a great champion. Uh, so so that's been good. But hopefully now I can come here, you know. I'm a heavyweight, so that's always exciting. And, you know, I just want to become that guy to show show kids back home that, it's, that it can happen. You can make something if you, if you work hard and, and believe in yourself. We had one heavyweight world champion one time before uh, Ingemar Johansson. Yes. And it's been almost, it's been over 60 years now. Wow. So hopefully I can be the next one to show the kids that it is possible. All right, I want to close with this. I've talked to my friends at Showtime, and they've told me the nicest fighter they've ever interviewed is Otto Wallin. Well, how do you flip <laughs> that switch when you go from being a super great guy to going in there and, and, and fighting people? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 
I always look at it this way, you know, personally, outside the ring, I'm just trying to be myself at all times. I, you know, I'm a friendly, easygoing guy, but uh, that's, that's just usually how I act, you know, so I don't want to change for anything. I don't want to, you know, act like I'm a, like I'm a rude guy or whatever. I feel like it's, you know, sometimes with boxing, when it's just fighting and talking trash and all that, I think, I don't think it looks that great all the time. So I'm just trying to be myself at all time and then take care of business when I'm in the ring. Because when I'm in the ring, I'm pretty much a different person. And like you saw in the Fury fight, I can, I can handle myself in there if it gets dirty and if, it, if I need to be a dog, you know, I can do that. But outside the ring, I feel like I don't have to do that. Cause I want to be myself. That takes the least energy. Absolutely. Do we have a nickname yet? On the, I haven't seen a big nickname for Otto Valin yet. Yeah, all in, all in, all Valin. in. Yes, all in, Wallen. I love it. Great <laughs> talking to you. All the best of luck this weekend. Can't wait to see this fight. Thank you. Special thanks to Otto Valin, our friends at Showtime. Rafe, do you believe that outside of that core crew of heavyweights, Ege, Deontay? Fiore, Luis Ortiz, that of the very, very, very small window of exposure you've seen, that Otto Valin could be right in that mix of guys who are, who are looking in. I think that if you look at his performance against Tyson Fury and, and, and yeah, and, and, and not worry about anything else, he's proven something. Now there are fighters who have, who have proven it against many more, you know, uh, opponents uh, that are high level and have proven it, you know, over a longer period of time. But that's because they've been around longer and they've had more opportunities, whether it's Dillian White, Joseph Parker, uh, Povetkin, obviously, is going to fight Dillian White, uh, a slew of guys, Kubrat Pula. Dillian White has one of the best sticks in the game. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so, so you could look at it. And say, well, Valin hasn't really shown me anything other than he had one good night in him against uh, Tyson Fury. And you never know. It, it might have been one of those nights where Tyson Fury was a little bit flat, and, 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 which, which we see, especially when he is a, a, a heavy favorite as he was in that fight. On the other hand, you could say Tyson Fury is the best goddamn heavyweight Whoa. alive right now. Whoa. And he's keeps he keeps proving it. He has the most talent. He is the most versatile. He's he's just better at the top of his game. And if Adovalin can fight that well against him, against he's a historical not. heavyweight, Brian, thank you. Then Adovalin must be that good, and and perhaps deserves to be considered right on par with the Dillian Whites, who've done a little bit more in the ring, and the Joseph Parkers. I think that's magic. Indeed. Uh, look, this is a big. This is a good showcase fight. He should beat Travis Kaufman. Kaufman loses to the elite. Uh, he doesn't have great championship stamina. He's coming off a long layoff in a COVID battle, but he's tough as balls, and he can box a little bit. And you know, if this isn't your night, he can f around and get a triple double. But I yep. think for Odo Valin, you want to see him win decisively and enter into the sweepstakes of being an opponent for any of those big names that we did mention. Uh, Alexander Usyk, any of those big names. Is he tied? I mean, he just fought. Brett Gassiev, who's out there yes, yes. starting to make his comeback finally after eight years. I wonder if Odo Valin is tied to any network. I mean, he just fought on ESPN, Showtime before that, Showtime again. 
I don't. He's 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 promoted by Dimitri Salida, uh, so I think that makes him a bit of a free agent, okay. uh, which is really valuable when you're a heavyweight and you've got heavyweight. The, the the three big money heavyweights are all split up with different with different uh, providers, and they they need bodies. They need guys. I want guys, Brian and Valin is a guy. I I think it's a good opportunity for him, like you said, to prove that. The Fury performance wasn't a fluke, that Fury wasn't having a down night, and that Valin is the kind of talent that that can have a you know, can can get back to the championship level and maybe win one someday. Interesting, interesting. Shout out to his manager, Otto Valin's uh Zach Levin, who reached out to me and said, Hey, big fan of your audio work. Okay? Okay? Okay. Former, oh, he's like dissing your writing and your video? What's going on, He's a former on, man? boxing writer himself back in the day. So shout out to that guy as well. Uh, good card. Good, good good card here. I mean, it's not a great card, but it's a good-ass card here from Showtime, all right? Roley's in a good test. You want to see if Otto, Otto Valin's got some ish? You want to see Bermuda's uh, call out Caleb Plant? Okay? So check me out Friday on the uh, Showtime weigh-in stream. So uh, I'll be talking more about this jam, all right? It ain't too hard for me to jam. Rafe, is it, though, true that what they're telling me? Hmm. Fresh out of jail, life's hell for a black celebrity. Uh, who? Why? Does it matter? Is who, who? Who just got out? I don't know. Who's Who's going in? Is the problem, right? Uh, do you think we'll see AB in a big fight again? Never. What do you think? Okay. I mean, isn't Steven Espinosa? This is your SB is your guy. I heard him saying on multiple, mul- many podcasts, many telling many guys that. AB could be coming back early next year. That they are looking for a fight for AB. And um, good look, good for AB. I hope I I don't believe AB when he says he is coming back to fight at lightweight. Good luck with that. But in terms of him getting back in the ring, he is he brings eyes to the sport. And uh, you know, he whatever he he he. I don't love the way he competes because I think he while he comes to fight, he doesn't come to win sometimes. Yes. Uh, but. At the same time, he 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 knows what he's doing. He's 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 a talented guy, and and even though we're not seeing, you know, we'll never see whatever the best version, the the maximized talent version of Adrian Broner might have been. He can still compete uh, with with almost anybody. He's talking again about going to forty. He's talking about I can still make thirty five. Do you see him as a as a pay per view B side for Tank Davis? Yes. They will sell the hell out of that. I don't know if the weights match. I mean, and look, I, that's a that's a winnable fight for AB because he'll be bigger than Tank. Uh, you know, I don't. He'd have to open up a little bit. He can't just sit there and and block punches and think that and then say I beat that boy afterwards. But that that look that yes, that would be fun as hell. It would be and. Um, I don't know if they should do that with or without a crowd because it would be one of the craziest, most raucous crowds, yes. most fun you could see and have in the boxing world. Yes, it would also be it would also spill over into a couple mild incidents, which isn't the end of the world. It happens in boxing, uh, but what's a uh, what's a big boxing fight if there's no incidents in the crowd, right? I agree. Look, Mike Alvarado and uh, and and Ruslan Provodnikov. The entire apparently there was like a, a just a massive brawl going on through the entire stadium in Denver, and nobody was watching. You know, well that would have been a great time. Stuck us there watching the fight. That would have been a great time to go in the basement of the Denver airport and find all the secrets. Okay, okay. What if it's just what if it's just 
Mile High Mike's party den down there. <laughs> with that guy with the with the colorful yeah. shirt. Yeah. All right. All right. You know. In my opinion, the sun is setting on Adrian Broner. Thank you. It already has. Uh, Mike Tyson, by the way, Roy Jones. I like Mike Tyson. (laughs) Mike Tyson, baby. Uh, September 12th, now November 28th. Badu Jack is going to show up on the undercard and donate his purse to a good cause for children. Um, Is this a good sign or a bad sign for this fight? Tyson, I'll see you. I'll drop you off at the bus stop. I'm going to take those odds. Are Are you taking those odds that this will improve the likelihood that the fight happens and the platform? Uh, no, I don't really think that it's becoming more likely. If it, postponements are never a good thing, especially uh, in, a, in a, for all the regular reasons in these days when you know, there's just more time for somebody to get sick and, and this all to fall apart. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's falling apart this show. It's over. Thank you to David Benavides. Thank you for Otto Valin for stopping by. Rafe, thank you for getting back into the groove right right here. You know, you boy, you got to prove your love to the sport, and you did. Uh, are we missing any headlines? Any hooker headlines? Are we missing anything important? Do you care? Uh, uh, you, you know, where do you think – do you do you think, Brian, that – Ryan Garcia and and cousin Luke Campbell are going to fight. Do you uh, think that's actually going to get made, or you think this is all? I think. I, uh, well, yeah. Oscar needs to do something big for a Rye guy, okay? Right, that involves men in a ring. You know what I'm saying? Like it's time. It's time. To yeah, make- I, I think I, I I would love to. See, I hope I hope they do it because then I, I you know Oscar is like, all right, I will cash your ass out. Goodbye. Get your ass beat by Luke Campbell. See you later. Hey, I see a boxing scene headline that says Tyson Jones to have belt and scoring. Now, originally, there would be no scoring. It would just be an exhibition where they're not going to try to go after each other. But um, I'm hoping I'm past the point where I'm worried about. Okay, I'm worried about them. But I'm hoping now at this point, it's just going to be one of those entertainment fun carnival fests and they just go for it. I like that we're we're that we're making it more. Let's make it more of a real fight. You either do it or you don't. Don't softcore me. You do it or you don't. Right. Um. I mean, I've I've enjoyed some softcore in my in my life. You know, I I used to watch Red Shoe Diaries every uh, now and then. Emmanuel, yeah, yeah, right, right, uh, right. I don't know. I've never seen that. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, Badu Jack's going to face unbeaten Blake McKernan on that under. Who the hell is that? I don't is he know. A YouTuber. If Paul's going to fight Nate Robinson because the FBI is investigating them. But uh, shout out to Triller. I, Nate is not getting investigated. It's just Jake Paul. I don't know. No, no. Yeah, you know, but the Paul brothers, don't, you don't want to hang out with them. No, no way. All right, that's it. I got nothing else. You want to plug anything? No, no, I'm good. Read uh, usbets.com because Eric Raskin is the king. He is the king. He's the Maccabee king of tennis. Thank you. Shout out to James Foley. He used to write about boxing. Love that guy. Okay? He doesn't listen to our show. He's not listening to this. All right? Shout out to The Beard, Patrick Connor. Love that guy. All right? Good people. Robbie Rinaldi. Great Twitter follow. Love that guy. Okay? Okay? I would, I would I would. join his union. Uh, damn right I would. Yeah. All right? All right? That's it. Not, that's not that other union you was talking no. about. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, this show no longer has a great back foot game. But if, if we're still on next week, maybe we'll do another one. It was great talking to you. You got, you got any words? Two of them, maybe? Oh, I think, um, yeah, we out. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.